your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello. I'm Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode is Outdoor Adventure. You don't have to be an expert. Step outside and get inspired. Well, I'm very excited about my guests today, and I want to tell you how I met them. I met Espen on Instagram, and he was posting these absolute wonderful pictures of the outdoors. But not only that, he was posting these wonderful phrases along with the pictures. Things like, take time for yourself, de-stress. If you only have one day a week, step outside, go for a walk. I was so inspired to meet them, and I'm so glad I did. Enjoy listening to their positive imprints. What's your PI? I have today two guests. I have Espen and his girlfriend, Kine. Hello. Yeah, and they're here. I'm excited from the absolute far north of Norway. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, you two. It's so exciting to meet you after we've been Instagramming for several, well, I guess a week. Yeah. yeah. So, Malvik, or I'm sorry, I am pronouncing that like an American. Please say the name of your town correctly. The small town named uh, Marvik. Malvik. See, I was killing that one. All right, Malvik. So, first, let's get some idea of what it looks like. Why don't you explain your beautiful town? Uh, our town is uh, in the middle of Norway. It's a small town next to one of the big towns in Norway called uh, Trondheim. Uh, we live close to the fjords, um, have the sea five minutes away. And uh, yeah, it's a nice, nice place to be. Yeah, and so the sea being not so far away, do you, does it freeze? No. No, the, the sea doesn't okay. freeze here. It's, it's so cold. Yeah. And so the background noises we're hearing are your little pooches, who are your sled dogs, right? Uh, uh, we have uh, this uh, one, Alaskaluskis. Uh, Ivy, she's, uh, she's been a sled dog. Last year, she um, she trained full training to the Ditterrad. Oh, wonderful. This uh, tiger, she's a German shepherd. No, Dutch shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there really such a thing as a Dutch shepherd? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a quite small breed. Uh, not very common. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very small breed. Um, we only have, I think, about... 30 of, or 40 of them in the whole of Norway. Oh my goodness. So how did you acquire her or he? The, the Dutch Shepherd is uh, Taiga. Uh, <laughs> I had a German Shepherd before. Uh, I had a German Shepherd as a, as a small kid. And when I was an adult, I got my own German Shepherd. Uh, unfortunately, I had to put him down because of sickness. So I was without a dog for a while, and I came across Taiga on the um, on Facebook. Um, she was uh, way up north in Sweden, almost up to Finland. 
Uh, and they were selling her because she didn't function as a sled dog. So I drove up there and yeah, we clicked and I got her home. Cool. Well, so Facebook brought you your little pooch and Instagram brought me both of you, which is social media has all sorts of wonderful yeah, uses. And so one of the things that, oh, well, I, first I want to go back to your place. So what do you do? So the pictures that I saw on Instagram, I'm, they are gorgeous. I mean, the place that you live is absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait to visit there sometime. So you do all sorts of outdoor activities. We try to uh, to spend the time outside with the dogs, mainly on uh, like ordinary walks with them in the harness, just training them. Then we try to uh, to go outside, making fire, and just put up the tent as much as we can. But uh, we're still both working, so that yes, working gets in the way of fun life. So, and yeah. so, how far or yeah, how far do you have to go when to put up the tent? Uh, we, we tried like for for my Instagram account. We tried to, I tried to uh, visualize that these trips are are uh, easy to do for everybody because some trips we can just pack in the car and drive for 15 minutes and just walk for maybe an hour and then you're in a perfect place uh, with no people uh, and we can also go on longer trips where we have to drive for maybe one or two hours and go for for longer trips but um, my vision is to to make like make, every day outdoor life. Yeah, you can make it with this kind of lifestyle with a with a normal job. You don't need to be a full time adventurer to to have nice experience in the woods. And that definitely comes out on your Instagram because you write about the picture and you also write about the fact that what you just said. And that of course drew me to want to contact you because just what you had on your account and with the pictures is a positive imprint and that's a global imprint because your message is definitely one of global uses and people do get caught up as you've said on your instagram in the stresses of life and they don't take the time and so it's it's awesome all right so let's go to your your job and then we're going to get back to the outdoors so you had you when we were talking to each other through Instagram, you mentioned that you kind of started your working career in the army. Now, yeah, in Scandinavia, is it still required? Yeah, we have the we have the conscripts in, in Norway. We do. So I, I started out when I finished um, high school. Yeah. Um, I was planned for doing the conscript, but then I thought I was, I tried to make something more out of it. So I started on the, the NCO school for being a non-commissioned officer. So I did that for one year. Um, and then I had like one year of apprentice, like uh, being a sergeant. And it was so much fun that I, I did two more years. Oh, so what? <laughs> so I Oh, keep going. I don't want to interrupt you. Keep t keep telling your story. I ended up uh, spending four years uh, up in the, the border to Russia, up in northern Norway. 
So it's a it's a cold and <laughs> hard environment, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So colder than the environment you live in right now? Yeah, much colder. Wow. Now we have about minus yeah six yeah. degrees Celsius, uh, and up in the north right now it's about forty. Forty. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite cold up there. Yeah. So it what is. what did your job entail out there? When I was working as a sergeant, I was a a team commander, so I educated soldiers to be uh, a border patrol. So they did a half a year of training um, in the garrison before they went out to the border working as a border patrol. And I did that for two years. And what does it require to be for border patrol? You have to be, uh, it's, it's a patrol service. So you're doing observations, you're doing patrols. Um, and since the, the climate is so hard up there, you need some some extra skills for your own survival to to manage to do your job and at the same time manage to take care of yourself and your fellow soldiers. So yeah. So what would be uh, this might sound an odd question, but what what would the clothing be for a soldier that is in that type of climate? Uh, it, it depends. Like in winter time, we. Do some patrols on snowmobile and some uh-huh. patrols. Uh, so it varies from we can go from using a Gore-Tex uh, jacket and and pants with just thin thin woolen underwear, um, and as long as you keep yourself in activity, you won't freeze. But like <laughs> on it's it's all about packing clothes. You feel like, uh, like what is it called, the Michelin man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep warm, so, yeah. Oh, wow. So how much of your two years did you spend outside there at the border? The, the last year I had up in the north, I worked at a border, border station. So I was one of the commanders at a, at a small station. We had, we were in charge of, 25 soldiers, and we were four officers. Um, at that time, I lived at the border station, so I, I spent my probably like three weeks at a time at the border station, and then I got one week of holiday. So, yeah. Wait, did you ever find yourself scared at all? Um, no, not scared. That's <laughs> that's a rare, rare condition for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what... And you liked it, you enjoyed it, you thought it was fun. And but there were was there any dangerous situations? Hopefully not. But did you ever find yourself no. in dangerous situations? No, the, the situation up there between Norway, Norway and Russia is, is is quite calm. It's it's not like that's good. It's not like you see in the rest of the world. We have um, a good cooperation when I was up there with with the Russians and. Much of the the patrolling and the assignment was uh, making sure that no Norwegians were crossing from Norway over to Russia and back. So, and of course, protecting the borders from illegal um, immigrants and and such. Right, right. I don't know. Military is just so dangerous when I look at it. Obviously, changed your life. 
yeah, it, it did. It laid out the plan for for what I've been did since the army. So, so it's a good start to to start to having a job and to work with other people and yeah, prepare me for the real life <laughs> after the army. After. <laughs> okay, so then, uh, of course, you came back to your hometown, and you met Kine at some point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can tell that story. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. We met on Tinder, the Tinder app. Have you heard about it? Like this dating app? It's a which app? Say it again. Tinder. Oh, it's a dating app. Yeah. And it's really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you post pictures of yourselves and... Yeah, uh, <laughs> the strange thing is we we actually matched up with this app on the, on the Femin race where Kina was uh, was driving. So she was participating in the, in the Femin race and I was out in the, in the mountains camping. And suddenly we we matched on the dating app, and then starting to talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And did you exaggerate yourselves at all? No, I, I don't think so. We. I think we were quite honest, both of us, because uh, I wanted to Good. meet someone who uh, who enjoyed outdoor life and maybe was a musher like me. But uh, Aspen wasn't a musher, but I saw he uh, joined the army, and that's not bad. Men in uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that you've mentioned uh, mushing, let's talk about what you're doing. Because you, I look at the pictures on your Instagram, and you have these dogs on a sled. Do you train them? What Give us your background. Um, I started with uh, dog mushing 13 years ago. Uh, when I went to this uh, school, this, this outdoor school, uh, where I learned to uh, when, when I learned about dog mushing, and um, the year after, I ended up working at the school like an uh, apprentice, teaching new students about dog mushing. This was in 2005 until 2007, and then I moved up to uh, Finnmark, at the same place where Espen was in the military. Um, I was trying to study, but it was much more fun to uh, go dog mushing and work at <laughs> uh, So, um, And then I've um, been training dogs for uh, several well-known mushers here in Norway. But I, I've never owned more than two dogs myself, but I've been training for other dog mushers. So I have been um, able to uh, follow my dream and train dogs and do that for 13 years with only having to own two, one or two dogs myself. That's, that's, uh, to just train dogs, that is a dream. That is. A lot of people would just love to spend their entire day with their cat or their dog or their horse and others and help others. So that's, for me, that's really cool. I'd rather do that than the army. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so you've worked with, for, um, was it the fellow, he, I looked him up. He came in, I think, 20th on this last Iditarod? Yeah, it's true. Lars Monson. Very good. And does he plan on going in again? And what was your experience as, because I, I had Mary Shields on, who was the first woman mm-hmm. to complete the Iditarod, which I think 
connected us on Instagram was that podcast. And so now you as a trainer. I was um, asked to train uh, Lars dogs because a friend of mine, she's, uh, she's working for him as uh, his uh, chief handler, they call it. And she's doing all the logistics and helping him with the press and so on because he's quite famous here in Norway. Uh, so I just um, thought, what the hell, I'm going to do it. It's only, I have only one chance in my life to to experience to train uh, dogs for the Aditarod because I've been training dogs for the two uh, biggest races here in Norway, Femmenlöpe and Finnmarkslöpe. I've been racing the, the Femmenlöpe. So I said yes, and then I started to train uh, 30 dogs um, in April 2017, together with one uh, with another guy. And with the main goal to uh, to come to Alaska and to uh, to see the dogs that I've been training on the starting line in uh, and the show start in uh, Anchorage and the restart in Willow. Well, <laughs> that must have been a very I don't know if emotional is the right word, but maybe so. But very satisfying feeling to see your dog so successful. Um, Alaska has been a dream since. I first heard about dog mushing and learned about it 13 years ago. So uh, this was... How did you learn about it? Uh, when I went to this school after finishing the high school yeah. here in Norway, I took like this time off uh, on this after school learning to do dog mushing. And then we heard about Editorod um, because in 2005 when I was at that school, uh, Robert Surly, famous dog musher here in Norway, won the Editorod as the first Norwegian musher. 2000, like 2003, he won for the first time, and in 2005, he won for the second time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So And that got you pumping. Yes, it did. So uh, Alaska has been a big dream for me to come over, and because uh, dog mushing is the national sport in Alaska, <laughs> so... It's, it's really big. And because of Alaska's uh, wildlife and nature, and, yeah. And did you get to spend much time doing other things other than the Iditarod when you were there? Uh, I got to train the dogs before the race. <laughs> and um, But we lived in Talkitna. We had a base there and we trained the dogs before the race. And then we went back and forth to Alaska to Anchorage to pick up the drop dogs. And they was taken out of the race. So um, I've seen a lot of Anchorage and Talkitna but, uh, and the places between, but um, not so much more. So I want to, um, to go back to Alaska maybe in the summertime together with Aspen and rent a car, big uh, <laughs> pickup, and uh, <laughs> listen to country and uh, have a tent and just go and see the beautiful places in Alaska. Well, I can certainly help you with that. I used to live up there, so I can certainly help you with places to go and people to stay with and everything else. So I hope that that certainly happens. Yeah. You'll definitely want more than one week holiday to do it. Yeah. So, wow. Well, so now you're continuing to train dogs, I take it. Uh, not now. Uh, I have like this time off dog training uh, because uh, like last year we trained uh, 
we trained a lot. It takes a lot of training to, to do the Iditarod. And uh, I was mostly living outside in a tent in uh, all kind of weather up in the mountains. And doing nothing else than training dogs, <laughs> having no social life. Um, talk to Espen on the phone because then we lived uh, like eight hours in car, ten hours in car mm. from each other. So um, I th- when I decided to move here to Espen, I think it was really good to just be at one place and to uh, spend time out with two dogs and not 30. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit easier. But uh, now, as the racing season has started here in Norway, I can feel it uh, in my body that um, I miss it. But not so much that I've been missing it before. But um, maybe in some years we have uh, our own kennel, and uh, Aspen wants to have his own kennel, and maybe we are starting up together and uh, racing here in Norway. I should mention also that they they did uh, Lars Monsen, he has done a lot of TV shows in, in Norway. And when Kina was uh, working for him, they also made a TV series out of the, the season they had training and racing and all that comes with, with the dog machine. So, oh, I want to leave a link for that. What is it? Is there a link to bring folks to this information? You know, people around the world can view this in your imprint in action and people like videos too. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so now we're going to go back over to Espen because he left the army, obviously. And he is our CPR specialist. No, I'm just teasing. He works in the, in the health, the uh, emergency room as a nurse, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, It started with actually in the army. Uh, I was taking a course in, in Germany uh doing some yeah first aid training in germany so that was the last year i was in the army so i i thought maybe i should get myself some kind of education and at that time nursing sounded like a good idea so the year after i started nursing school and the time i was finished there i got a job in the emergency room and i've been working there for almost three years now and it's a lot of fun. You've been in the emergency room for three years, yeah. and you don't find that so horribly stressful? Yeah, it, it, it is a lot of stress, but it's like when I was in the army, you get, a, you get a new thing to do on the job every day. For me, I need something. I can't go in the routine of what I do on, on the job. I need something new, something different. And yeah, the the emergency room is perfect because whenever you come to work, you know that they won't be like the last day or any other day. So we get a new day every day. So yeah, we have the emergency room here that I work in is is a quite large. It's one of the the largest emergency room in Norway. We have uh, responsibility for uh, at least 250,000 people. Oh, it's okay. It's a big one. So it's, it's, uh, even though we live in a small town, there are other, like, what do you call it? Okay. S- small towns that join together to have one big clinic. So, so, but it happens always somebody that you know in some way come by. 
So, so have you ever been outside of the hospital when somebody needed CPR or one of the skills of saving life that you needed to use? We have had some situations where things have decided, like, it was critical for, for the patients, but the the system in Norway is, is built up a bit different from the system in the States. Uh, our emergency room doesn't handle or doesn't take in patients that are critical injuries or are severe injury or critically ill. Uh, we have, like, your primary physician help at nighttime and when the, your primary physician closed down we are the ones who opens like for the more severe injuries that requires ambulances and doctors right away we have another department handling there are yeah how should you explain this we, we i have, don't know what he's talking about <laughs> we have the emergency room and we have the emergency room we have like for in the hospital, in the hospital we have another emergency room that takes um, patients who are very sick or critical injured. Yeah. And we take the... Like heart attack patients? Yeah. Or car crashes or... Yeah. So trauma... Oh, yeah. So that's like ours here. We have... The trauma. The trauma. Yeah. Yeah, we have the trauma hospital and then we have the regular... Exactly. Emergency room. So you're, yeah. so you're the regular emergency room. Yeah. Yeah, so there's all sorts. Yeah. Do you ever go up in the helicopter? Uh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, I tried helicopter a couple of times in the army so i it was fun but i won't do it daily <laughs> <laughs> but you'll take a plane to alaska right yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i hope that happens where did you learn english so well uh everybody in norway learns to speak english english during the the school system mm-hmm. so everybody gets uh, like basic package of speaking English and also I, I got some nice training during the the NATO exercise was in uh, November uh, I work in the in the home guard as well as part of the conscript we have to do like home guard service for until I'm 55 which is <laughs> so, like the National Guard in the United States yeah it, it's more like the US Marine Corps reserves oh okay so I was in charge of one of the camps uh, in Norway where there was uh, yeah US uh, Marine Corps soldiers oh wow there. cool well I got to talk English for about almost two months oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's really cool so you do you do that often with the United States Marine Corps or was this just the NATO exercise it's my second year in the in the home guard in Norway, so for me it was the first time, and I I don't know when the next NATO exercise is, what job I will get then, but hopefully I will do it again because it was a was a lot of fun to work with with the with the Marine Corps. They are professional soldiers, and we get to learn a lot from them, and hopefully they learn something from from us but they are really professional soldiers and yeah it was a fun time working with them and see uh-huh. how 
of their culture is and how we like like the Norwegian system and yeah everything was just fun. Well, thank you for saying that. I I certainly appreciate that. Wow, but I'm I'm glad that you had such a good experience with them. And being that you have to do it until you're 55, I am sure there will be another time that you will be working at a NATO exercise. And so Kine, you were patting him on the back, and I saw something on your arm. So what is on that arm? Uh, it is a tattoo of a dog sledding team with eight dogs. And uh, underneath it, it says, uh, I said in Norwegian, it says, you're drumming, which means uh, in English, do your dream or uh, follow your dream. Oh. So uh, I've been kind of living after this, follow, follow the dream, basically my whole adult life. Doing what you want to do. Um, set a goal and and work for it that's a wonderful saying and a wonderful dream to have and you reached it and inspiration for others which is all part of such beautiful lives that we like to share with our global friends (laughs) espin and kine are so young and they have such powerful positive imprints kine's follow your dreams This inspires me to want to learn this in many different languages. And when I was in Espen's Instagram account, I was inspired by not just his photos, but what he was posting. De-stress. Take time for yourself. Reflect. Get inspired to step outside, go for a walk, or head into the outdoors. You don't need to be a full-time adventurer to have a nice experience in the woods. Listen to them end our conversation with more of their inspiring positive imprints. And so your outdoors are obviously something that soothe you, but I really, really love the fact that you are trying to get across to people yeah. that to go out. So why don't, to close out, just phrase that, rephrase that again. Everyday outdoors life, um, we try to make, to visualize to people that you don't need much time. If you have one day off, you can take your tent, you can grab some gear and food, and you don't have to go so far to get a great experience outdoors. You just need to get outside and see the opportunities that are close by. And it doesn't have to to cost a lot of money. You can just use the things that you have and maybe borrow something or... It's it's all... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, often, often you see, like, the ones who are doing like the, all the nice photos and often you see that they are really expensive equipment and I don't think you need all the brand new or all the best equipment to, to get outdoors. You can get outdoors with what you have, you can borrow, you can buy it used uh, and you can make it with what you, what you have. Like we bought uh, new skis for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, it cost us uh, like this really good like mountain skis. Cost us one hundred Norwegian kroner for two. Like for me and I spent one hundred for both. Yeah, and it's about ten bucks. Ten bucks. <laughs> That's about ten bucks. And <laughs> wow. Well, and that message is is powerful and obviously a health message also from the nurse and the musher that getting outdoors is helping to de-stress you after a long day at work. Well, thank you for your inspiration. 
to both of you, Kine and Espen, and the dogs. And I wish you the very best, and maybe someday our paths will cross in person. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining me and all of the listeners here at Your Positive Imprint. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Music by Chris Knoll. Well, head over to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can sign up for email updates and be included in drawings for prizes. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Positive Imprint. I'm also on Twitter at What's Your PI, and you can check out Espen's and Kine's photos on their Instagram account. Get inspired by Espen's and Kine's photos. You can find Espen at Espen Liso. E-S-P-E-N-L-Y-S-O and you can find Kina at K-I-N-U-R-8-6. Please leave positive reviews for your positive imprint and hit that positive button and subscribe to this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. Subscribe now.